0: Palsy, Becca Anderson. And I'm your palsy, Justin Hancock. Hello, Becca. Hey, Justin. How's it going? It's going
1: well on a Monday afternoon. How about yourself?
0: It is also going well for a Monday afternoon. <coughs> it is, it's a very dark and rainy Monday afternoon over here. Uh, the, the rain clouds have just decided to settle over New England. We didn't really get the tropical storm here in Massachusetts, but... Um, we're just getting darkness as a concept.
1: No, is, is that a uh, do you view that as a largely positive development, negative development, or neutral? I
0: mean, it's not my favorite. I I don't I I for all that I don't see a lot, I am still sensitive to light, and so I I miss it when it's not there. Also, we've definitely had enough rain. We have had some flooding over here um yes yeah. i was actually talking to one of our mutual friends in texas uh and i told them i i would do my best to send the rain clouds your way so i i, I hope you're ready for them justin they i am sure that they will listen to me screaming at the sky any minute now
1: well i i have to tell you it's usually gray and cloudy in the mornings and somewhat cool in the mornings which i know because my right arm and my chest have been a little bit tender lately which, because I'm a 124-year-old woman, uh, apparently is the way that I feel the rain and the the weather, the pressure's just lately. These bones can tell the weather. Yes. Uh, So if you want to send us some rain, I would not say no. But, you know, just Beware of pressure changes, I guess.
0: Okay, so so I'll, <clears throat> I'll send you the rain with the caveat that it's not allowed to change the pressure when it gets to you. Exactly,
1: exactly. I don't know
0: enough about meteorology to know whether I have said a completely absurd statement <laughs> yes. or a, a, a somewhat reasonable one. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> the, the random meteorologist that's still on our podcast is only. like... That that's nothing. What they
0: just said is absolutely nothing. Yeah, to, to the meteorologist currently pulling their hair out right now. We're sorry. Um, I will not stop making erroneous statements <laughs> about the possibilities of weather because we started out with I'm your <laughs> the guy and sending rain to Justin. So we can't, yes. we can't get more nonsense from here, really.
1: <laughs> so for those of you
0: who thought this podcast was gonna gradually
1: get loose? Well, bustle up sister because this
0: is where we are today. Here's the thing <laughs> Justin and I were, were talking realized yeah, you know, we've we've done some some pretty serious episodes lately.'ve we've, we've talked about some big topics. we've we've interviewed some cool people about cool things and um, you know, we we managed to uh, not be our completely ridiculous selves while interviewing other people, I think. Um, and it's it's time for that uh, reign of of um, uh, logical podcasting to end. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just and we have a we have a couple of episodes that are setting up nicely for the very near future, which we're very excited about offering a wide variety of uh, disability perspectives. But we just need to let the uh, the goof squad off the chain occasionally. So yeah. Um, and we, to tell you the truth, we also realize that, um, ostensibly this podcast still contains in its show description the words pop culture and comedy, and as uh-huh. much as we have thoroughly enjoyed those the interviews we've done lately that there hadn't been a lot of like um, you know being community for one another and pop yeah. pop culture so you know here's where
0: we are folks come along for the ride yeah. it's gonna be fun yeah if you we, know thought, be. we thought you might have missed us talking about uh media and and other random topics uh and if you didn't um sorry we're that's we we think it's fun so <laughs>
1: yeah <clears throat> i will um i will just uh, leave me with the or
0: entice you with
1: the tagline we're gonna discuss small british children for some reason uh
0: and also um improv actors pretending to be personified uh emotions in the brain who are also detectives,
1: which I just I I don't know what any of those words mean together, <laughs> and I am endlessly intrigued. So, exactly, do we flip a coin, Becca? <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> uh,
0: well, I I think you you started so. Um... Tell tell me about uh, small British children, Justin. What's uh, what, <laughs> how, how does that relate to um, uh, media that, that you've been consuming or or uh, things that you've been thinking about lately? I'm gonna
1: back up and really like um, leave the give the three listeners that haven't late like, run for the hills yet some
0: bit of scaffolding um... Yes, they're, they're, uh, we have we have some uh, framework for where we're going here. Some <laughs> the, um, the 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 uh,
1: sensible premise of today's show is uh, what is what has got us curious, what has got us um, fascinated, mm-hmm. and uh, either I will say. What has got us infuriated or joyful? Like so kind of the higher, the more intense emotions. Whether you want to make that positive or negative, I leave to our own individual discretion. So, I guess I will start. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. I was I was going to say some of the things we talk about could could be multiple of those things at the same yes. time. But yeah, that's <clears throat> that's kind of the the general gist.
1: Any or all of them at the same time. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so I have a. If we're gonna do, uh, you know, two in the in the in the uh, style of the McElroys, w- wonderful podcast. If we're gonna do, say, two topics or things each, mm-hmm. uh, I really do have a very British centric episode this week, and since I've already teased this, I think I will start here. Um, My wife and I are obsessed with cooking shows, Mm -hmm. and mainly cooking competition shows Um, of all sorts, and we usually have two or three going at one time. Um, but our favorite kind of sub-genre is British cooking competition shows, and mainly of the British bake- uh, baking show variety. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've seen every season twice, three times maybe, uh because they're so gentle and kind and happy to be there, and very, very British. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think what's got me between curious and fascinated is they've now started to produce or show. I I do still think, even though they are contracted officially with Netflix now, I do think they air on British TV first. Mm So they have started to air the uh, the British baking show junior editions. Nice, and it may be my favorite uh, because of the the thing that makes me curious itself. It's not the show itself. It is the fact that when you get British children together. They somehow act like unironically and very genuinely completely stereotypically British in a way that I find utterly delightful. Nice. (laughs) And just by using language like oh bother or oh budget, you know, just
0: do they really? Uh, oh my goodness! Like
1: all of the things that we as Americans would consider like parodies of British people, they they somehow do in a in a delightfully unironic way that I just find utterly endearing and. It's just a delight.
0: Then again, I, I guess I I don't know how old these children are, but I'm I'm suddenly flashing to the to the ways that um, uh, American children of my acquaintance will will like mimic adults in in certain ways, or or like mimic what they think being an adult is in ways really, like <laughs> turn into just just real caricature, but like so sincere just like you know i uh you know they're like playing house and like you know and i just i need to go home and make you a nice dinner like (laughs) you know like i'm i'm just picturing that there or like you know they repeat the exact same you know very specific uh you know frustrated phrase that their mom says like i just i i can so imagine uh british children very much absorbing british stereotypes and just being like yeah no yeah, this is my genuine it, self
1: <laughs> yeah no it's uh, there is a um, there is a girl from a young uh, and the, the i say the children are between the ages of i believe eight is the youngest you can be and 13 okay uh, because 16 i believe and yes I do know this because one, I've done my research, and two, I've watched it for a decade. Uh-huh. Uh, sixteen is the earliest that you can audition for the adult show.
0: Oh yes, I've seen some of the like sixteen, seventeen year olds on on there.
1: <clears throat> I think the youngest they've ever had is uh uh is is seventeen uh, mm-hmm. but you know somewhere in that age range. So. Uh, But some of these children are very uh, young, and there is a particular girl from Liverpool. And uh, because I have um, been obsessed with the Liverpool Soccer Club and done uh, enough research on Liverpool, the city, to to hurt myself, um, Mm -hmm. they have a very specific accent. Uh and way of speaking, and she's got the strongest, most predominant Liverpool accent I think I've I mean it 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 may arrive in the room three minutes before she does. <laughs> but it's it's not a fa- it doesn't seem to be affected. It just it seems to be the way it is, and I think that's what I love is that I love, I'm an Anglophile. My favorite, I literally have British cousins. My favorite cousins are British. Um, And I just love that completely unaffected, entirely unapologetically proper and polite. And, you know, when they get frazzled they get frazzled in a completely and utterly British way and
0: I just find it delightful. That sounds incredible and I will need to go watch this. <laughs> yes. It's
1: it's real good. It's 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 really cute and endearing and fun. And they are absurdly talented for an eight year old. Mm-hmm. So, I highly recommend the British Baking Show Junior Edition and for the most part because they are unapologetically, unironically, entirely British in a
0: delightful way. So, if you too are are an Anglophile and and love British things, here is is distilled Britishness.
1: (laughs) Yes, and it's purely concentrated in proper form. (laughs) Delightful. How about you, Becca? What are you what are you uh consuming or experiencing these days that meets the uh
0: three-word criteria? So uh I am uh fascinated and and made joyful by uh and I'm curious. I, I think I could I could put curious in there. Um a show called Mentopolis, uh, created by uh, Dimension Twenty. Um, so, uh, you know, we have talked on this podcast before about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and and my love of Dungeons and Dragons, and and Justin your <coughs> deep desire to to play Dungeons and Dragons, and and delight with with such things. Um, I really enjoy watching a number of D&D actual play shows uh, like the Adventure Zone that, that we both love. Uh, and another one that has become a, a very uh, strong favorite of mine over the past three, few years is called Dimension 20 uh, that is uh, created by College Humor. Um, and the, the primary DM is Brennan Lee Mulligan, who is just brilliant and can come up with uh, these just incredible ideas of of just like truly random and bizarre creativity that also emotionally punches you in the gut, um, and makes you laugh at the same time. I don't I don't know how he does it, and and all of the players that he has on are are amazing, and every season they have a a completely different um concept for for the show. So the first season was Fantasy High, in which all of the players were high schoolers at an uh, a adventuring high school. Um, and then the second se- season was The Unsleeping City, in which everybody uh, was in modern-day New York and playing D&D characters in, in a world where D&D magic is real in modern-day New York. So this season they have gone with perhaps the wildest concept that, that they have uh, yet found, where it's basically, you picture the, the movie inside out, right? Where, where you know the entire thing or most of the thing is taking place inside the mind of one person and our characters are personifications of the emotions of that person. Ratchet that mm. up a little bit and add some actual brain anatomy to this. Um, so that you know, we have got things like uh, they're they're hanging out at Oblumgotta Station, and um, they're they're going to uh, a a place called Cerebell Pacific, and uh, you know, like a lot of there, there's nice. a there's a, a character called Neurological. Um <laughs> you know, uh, and and all of our characters are uh, people like Amelda Pulse. The impulse of, of the brain, um, and hunch curio, the curiosity of of the brain. Nice. Uh, so so you take that, uh, you know, we've got kind of an a, a inside out with a little bit of, of extra uh, neuroscience thrown in, and then you combine it with the with a a twenties uh, noir genre. So hunch curio is a. Uh, is is a detective a, a bumbling detective trying to to solve crimes and in, in this dangerous city and Amelda Pulse is the the femme fatale who, who comes in and just really needs someone to to go after the people who are trying to find her and um and and just every trope that that you can think of mm-hmm. from a noir just stacked on there with with just a reckless abandon um and it it's delightful i i didn't know that i needed this in my life and then it came into existence and i am fascinated in that i'm like how how did they create this how did they even come up with this i am delighted because i it it just is so hilarious and brings me so much joy and I'm also curious because I I realized um, I didn't realize how much I liked the noir genre. I I thought that that was you know something that, you know anytime I've ever watched like kind of the the classic noir films I'm kind of like nah I can take this or leave it, um, and I think I'm realizing that uh, if you play it straight I'm not that interested. If you're doing a spoof on it and like playing into the tropes and making it funny, I. Have rarely loved anything more.
1: Yeah, you're there for it.
0: So there for it.
1: So I on on the uh, D and D role playing uh, actual play podcast for or uh, you know show front. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> I didn't mean to do this today, but I took a break. I had been listening to the balance arc of Adventure mm. Zone. And for some reason, I got nearly through the end of the last arc before the finale and then took a three-week break for reasons I can't really explain or justify. Fascinating choice. Um, so I think I just got busy and forgot I was listening to it honestly. Uh-huh. And uh, I looked up yesterday and was like, oh, I haven't done that. I haven't finished that yet. So I got to the finale today. I haven't started the finale, but mm-hmm. spoiler alert for a between, you know, 10-year-old ten year, ten year old and six-year-old podcast, depending mm-hmm. on what end you're in. Spoilers, but spoilers, uh,
0: spoilers for the balance arc. <laughs> <vacuuming> spoilers. <laughs>
1: I got to the point where they lose their, their memory. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is the third time we've gone through the show in total. And still there was a moment when Merle and uh, Captain Port are playing cards. Yeah. And I just choked like I, my, my breath caught in my throat, and I I say that the, the thing that spoke to me about particularly that arc, <laughs> pardon me so much, of uh, the Adventure Zone is uh the storytelling was so good. So what is the what is the thing about the the uh, this uh, Inside Out sort of uh um scheme that has you hooked
0: i mean i i think to some extent it's it is the um you know the the building blocks here like i i do just i love a story that that is um that that has such a a uh attention grabbing premise of like we are we are parts of the brain and also in a in a spoof uh, noir setting, um, but I I think um, it's it's also very much uh, the the story the the, the like, kind of similar to to the Adventure Zone that like it is the way that the the story is told and the the ways that both um, the DM and the players um, are really contributing to to tell the story so. You know, for instance, I I won't give too many spoilers to to Mentopolis in case anyone uh, does want to watch it. But um, you know, uh, the the overarching plot uh, has to do with the um, uh, our our characters inside the brain trying to solve a problem, uh, a, a life or death problem, uh, for the uh who they, the person they call the big guy, the the person yeah. who they are the brain of. Um, yeah. So we've got a, a real world problem that they are trying to solve from the inside, uh, and they have enemies with within the brain that uh, that they are are contending with, and and part of that is um, dealing with trauma in in the big guy's past that uh, that part of the brain knew about and part of the brain did not. Um, oh wow! And yeah, and like so, it's it's got a very. Um, a very relatable uh, sense of the parts, part different pieces of yourself fighting with one another, and and different pieces of yourself mm. telling each other that they're they're not useful right now, and and needing to figure out how to how to work together, even when it it feels like they're in opposition to one another, and like that is just such a relatable feeling. And also, just makes for really compelling storytelling to to watch. You know, these two characters that, like, on the one hand, that character relationship is really cool to watch, and on the other hand, it's like, oh, these these two people are like friends, but they're also part of the same person. Like, this is, yeah. this is both a really touching relationship moment and like a deep moment of healing for for this uh, this overarching character. And uh, it's it's just really really well done
1: man if you, if you can if you're not careful with the way that it's set up i imagine that could come across as really like tab baked and not like kind of mm-hmm. cheesy but man if you're like deliberate in the choices you make what a premise
0: yeah and that that's the thing like you know D- dimension 20 and and brendan lee mulligan in particular i think can take on these concepts that are either like on the face of them kind of you know vanilla or standard looking like, like <clears throat> high schoolers at an adventuring academy or could get really cheesy like like this one and just put so much authenticity and heart and soul into it yeah it's like wow i yeah i i'm feeling feelings like i this yeah. is yeah this feels really genuine and not just like, you know, you you stuck two things together and hope that they that they fit. Like it just it really works.
1: That's that's incredible, and I I will have to maybe after I finish this arc of the Adventure Zone, I I will give that a a listen. I I will say that I I mentioned one moment uh, in my description I, I will also say there is a moment when they're in that episode and i won't give a spoiler away in case people want to go back and listen to the um, uh balance arc and can come with this spoiler i already did sorry about that um <laughs> when taco says who
0: yeah I was thinking yes. about that moment too. I swear to you, I have been through this art three times.
1: I knew it was coming, and it was still like you could have punched me in the face, yeah yeah
0: no it's it's <laughs> incredible, so
1: I just And good art does that. Good art, you can know what's coming and they can spend so much time building relationships that you can still be surprised. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really, it's it's an, I think D&D and this form of storytelling, especially for Gen Z and the millennial crowd, is this is, it's really an art form if done well. And sometimes, it's a goof, and there is—I mean, I'm not above a goof every now and then, but
0: mm-hmm. um, it's also an art form. Yeah, absolutely, and it's—you know—it's watching a group of people create something together. I mean, that again, without too many spoilers, that mm-hmm. that who moment from Taco, like that's a moment where, like, Justin McElroy, the the player, is playing in to what Griffin McElroy, the DM, has set up like that you know he he didn't have to do that that was his character choice to deepen the the story and like yeah it's it's just so good I'll say about um Mentopolis uh it it is only available on uh Dropout TV which is um College Humor's Uh, own streaming platform service Um, so I I apologize in advance for uh, advertising a a recommending a thing that uh, is behind a paywall to a service that a lot of people don't use but also college humor is really good and I I will promote their work so if you want to go drop drop out tv about five dollars a month you can watch Mentopolis fair enough fair enough always
1: I don't begrudge people their money Mm. Um yeah. So that's very good.
0: Yeah. So
1: Do so what it... else is you
0: uh uh curious, fascinated, infuriated, or joyful, Justin?
1: So I had to ju- just give <clears throat> a moment to my the unbridled joy part of life and my first part was my first thing was that too, but it was also very sociological like why do kids <laughs> why are kids the most of any people on earth and uh-huh. when it's done with sincerity it's so damn cute uh, <clears throat> but this one is just pure unbridled nerdy joy mm-hmm. um, when my wife and i were first dating she said, have you read Pride and Prejudice? And I wanted to impress my wife and I wanted to, uh, you know, get in good with the girl I was dating. So I, of course, not only did I read Pride and Prejudice, I read everything Jane Austen ever wrote. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. I know it's been oofed and like taken down a peg by several iterations but I love it and um, <clears throat> so this is not about Jane Austen but it is about another book and story. so I've got the library app and I sometimes will just pick a book I know nothing about mm-hmm. um, and just start reading mm-hmm. and I wanted a classic I've never read before and I so I found uh, a history of Tom Jones, a foundling, huh. uh, in the uh, classics section of the library app. And it is a, a Regency like uh, period piece romance in the style of. Jane Austen, if not a little bit earlier,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but it's it's hilarious
0: uh-huh.
1: in the way that it is absolutely the author is absolutely aware of what he is doing and absolutely aware of what story he's writing, and he makes fun of himself and of the characters constantly. Incredible but in a way that's not a spoof of the genre. It's just absolutely aware of what it is and of how ridiculous it is mm. And several points and in several really ways that I find just charming and, frankly, I know I'm a nerd, but laugh out loud funny. Nice. Um, <clears throat> And I will mention one thing, and this just gives me so much joy in my heart. I can't even describe it. Because of the time period it was written in and set in, uh, there have been several occasions that characters have mentioned the heresies and sectarian statements of those ruffians called Methodists. <laughs> oh goodness. I, I, I just—if anyone knows anything about the history of the the Methodist movement, I just—I adore it. I like yes, yes, those those heretics called Methodist.
0: How, how are you feeling about your your heretical and and uh, sectarian status right now, Justin? <laughs> You know, I think we've become far too lot
1: anyway, so yeah, I like being taken down a peg, actually. Uh-huh. But it's just, and I there aren't many moments I can quote because, frankly, I'm reading it. It's, it's a huge book, but I'm I'm reading it very quickly. It's a pleasure read. It's not. I'm not reading it deeply, but I'm just. I appreciate knowing that even, and I did not check the, I'm going to check the publication date. And it's going to say 1953, which (laughs) I know is not true, but uh, I just enjoy seeing something that was written in that era and that was uh, is clearly telling a story of Regency or just pre-Regency England, and that is, utterly self-aware of what it is and still manages to tell an engaging story. It's just it it makes me so happy.
0: I'm sensing kind of a theme of of like um we, we are both being delighted right now by things that are just very strongly the thing that they are <laughs> You know, like things that are very British or mm. very noir or mm. very uh, Regency, and like you know, the, the the British children maybe don't have as much self awareness about this, but like the, the the other two things that we've named, the, yeah, the, the intentional leaning into that is is part of the joy, and like I I feel like that's something to really, for for me at least, to really think about because I feel like sometimes people creators try really hard to get away from being like something else you know they're like gosh I, I can't you know I can't do straight noir like it's been done so often I, I can't do regency that's you know that's so done everyone will compare me to Jane Austen and it's like actually there's a lot of beauty that can be had by just claiming your genre claiming your you know the the thing that you are and just leaning into it hard and not being self-conscious about that
1: yes yeah and i i just respect the heck out of something and someone that's willing to realize its own ridiculousness yes uh and you and I talked about this and perhaps this is a a whole show topic mm-hmm. worth revisiting and we've talked about this I think on air and off air. Because we are in so many activist spaces and in so many ways activist ourselves, mm-hmm. we often encounter people who are the most earnest people in the world but somehow utterly incapable of laughing at themselves or others mm-hmm. and that's just not the one that's not the way I do my work I try mm-hmm. even when we're in activist spaces to look at you or others and go well this is kind of silly yeah <laughs> i I'm, and I just I I don't know how people can like exist in a world that is serious all the time.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Like, I I think it's uh, it, it's definitely something of like, especially thinking from activist standpoint, <laughs> you can take the issues seriously without taking yourself seriously, <laughs> and and it's when you start to to take yourself. Super seriously, it's like okay, you know we 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 need we can't be we will burn out of this work if we aren't yeah. able to find humor and joy, and you know we will we will make ourselves and everyone around us miserable if if we're doing it in in this super intense no no jokes allowed way.
1: Yeah, and. I welcome, listeners, if you've heard of this book, A History of Tom Jones, A Foundling, and you can, like, share with me. Like, because it's truly, if this is one of my favorite genres or subgenres, this is zooming to number one. And I'm like, how is this in the classic section of my library? And it's... It's awesome, and I'm 42 years old and had, have read literally everything Jane Austen ever read. How did I miss this? I was going to say,
0: I'd, I'd never heard of that one, so.
1: <laughs> Highly recommend it. It's real good. Very cool.
0: Well, I think my my second pick um, of, of things that... Uh, that I am uh, curious, fascinated, um, and made joyful by. Maybe we'll we'll do a brief uh, infuriated um, uh, uh, snapshot at, at the end of this. Um, but my uh, additional curious, fascinated, and, and joyful. Um, I'll, I'll take something a little different on on the media standpoint. Uh, I have recently joined a rock choir. Um, in, what. Yes, <laughs> so it is a group called Rock Voices, uh, and they they do have branches nationally. Uh, you can find them mostly on the East Coast, some on the West Coast, um, and they are exactly what they sound like. They arrange rock songs for a <laughs> choir, and then you rehearse and you sing rock songs. And um, oh. I, yeah, I I found out about this because uh, I I happened to have a, a friend who who knew someone who was part of this choir, and just one day was like, "Hey, you like singing? I've heard that this this group is accessible because uh, they they will put um, recordings of of all of the voice parts online, uh, so you you don't need to read sheet music." Um, and she was like, I, I think this might be something that you would like, and I've only been to one rehearsal. So, you know, jury's out on, on exactly how much I'll like it. But, um, so far, uh, highly delighted. Um, I just, it's just very fun for me to, I I think it's, it's always fun to sing songs that, you know, right. But it's also fun if you're a music nerd like me to learn new and different things and i feel like this is exactly the right combination because you know a number of the songs that we're doing are, are familiar to me some are not because i'm not actually a rock music aficionado um but even the ones that are you know i'm learning the alto line to them that is not the part that you sing when when you you're just singing along to the song um so it's a it's a great uh great outlet for for curiosity and and for being fascinated by how different like musical things go together and and just the joy of singing and for me the the joy of singing in a voice that I am more comfortable with um my uh I, I could I could also do a, a whole uh conversation on my my feelings about uh music and song um but uh, the. The way in which um, I I use my voice to sing most choral music is like fine, but is not the way that I would sing if I'm if I'm just uh you know sitting around uh singing music with my friends at home. Um, yeah, and this, this rock choir is far closer to that, and it's just very fun.
1: That and I must commend you for not um telling us about this until now. Or this would have been the whole show. (laughs) Fair. um, I have so many questions. Uh, Number one, I'm glad that you were delighted. So I'll get that out of the way. And I'm dying to know what you've sung so far.
0: Yeah. Um we we've been singing uh now what watch me mess up the the titles and artists. Um because I again not a rock music aficionado, but I believe. Um we're doing uh Simon and Garfunkel Cecilia. Uh so that one's nice. fun and that I I know very well. Um we're doing Seals Kiss from a Rose. Um nice. yeah, very, very cool. Um we're doing one that I am not familiar with but um is roundabout by yes um yes is going to be very hard to do um and uh those those are the ones that we've rehearsed that i can remember off the top of my head i think there's gonna be like 17 so like uh over the course of the next several weeks of podcasts uh i could just announce a new rock voices song that i've rehearsed recently (laughs) this sounds like yeah, I, I, I'm
1: in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but I, 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 thought of it because like, you know, there's, there's a number of other media that I, I could have mentioned, but like, I, I think one of the things that I, I really appreciate about this choir is like, not only does it, I feel like I can sing in my more authentic voice, um, the, the composers who, who work on arranging this music, have a really strong commitment to preserving it still feeling like rock music and not like turning it into choral music so to speak um because like that happens a lot you know like whenever a choir sings yeah. rock or pop music you can kind of tell like they, they've changed the rhythms they've added new harmonies where there weren't those before like they they've just they they've moved things up a bit so that the sopranos can really sing in their high range. Like, you know, it it's just yeah. Different. And this choir is is really like, no, we are about singing rock music. It's gonna still sound like the yeah. song that you know. We're gonna lean into the harmonies that are already there. You know, maybe sometimes we'll we'll add some new ones, but like, we're gonna do our best to make it still feel like the song that that you know
1: yeah like it's it's self-consciously pop music
0: yeah exactly it is yeah very aware of what its genre its genre is and and leaning into it
1: that again i'm just almost on the floor i'm so fascinated so is there an end point? I mean, will you at one point
0: perform for folks? We will. And if so how can I come? Come, come visit me in January, Justin. Come to Massachusetts. <laughs>
1: Ooh, Massachusetts
0: in January. Let's see. That
1: that sounds like a bit of an ask, but it's going to be so
0: cold. It'll be fine. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Your wheels might freeze. <laughs>
1: Oh, I may, I may. In the words of one of our favorite podcast characters,
0: Paco may be good out
1: here. But no, I. We'll, I,
0: we'll see how genu- often I do it. But um, they 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 um have three sessions per year. They've got a, a fall, a, a spring, and a summer session, and there's a concert to go with with each of those. So I can't promise you which one of those I'll be in. Um, but there there will be other times of year <laughs> that one could go see a rock voices concert.
1: I'm genuinely like that. Makes the thing makes me very happy, and that you're getting to exercise your authentic voice through that thing it makes me even happier yeah
0: so super cool good
1: for you thank you so <clears throat> friends well thank you for accompanying those of you that are still with us of course <laughs> uh, thank you for accompanying us on what has been a completely awesome way to end Monday I must say Uh,
0: yeah we should we should do this every monday also here's a cat um yes those not on the video which is everyone there's there's a great cat taking up the entire screen
1: (laughs) speaking of things that bring us to light jasmine bringing our logo to life
0: yeah thanks jasmine
1: (laughs) but you can find us on apple music i mean i'm sorry apple podcast on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, on basically anywhere you can get podcasts, and I think Stitcher for maybe another three days, but uh, I wouldn't go down that road too far. Uh (laughs) But uh, Pandora, anywhere you can find podcasts, Houses with Palsies is there for you. Tell friends, it's a mix of intriguing disability talk and uh, fun, joyful larks like this, but ultimately we really want to just put good energy into the world and give people room to reflect and have curious and interesting conversations. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as we always say, um, thanks for coming along for the ride and put some good in the world. Thanks,
0: Justin. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Becca. We'll see you later. Bye.